particularly yeah, been a because fan I wanted since to listen to the God's Not Dead 2 episode and make sure that I wasn't covering the same ground as Nate. Ah. Well, that's okay. that's good. That's good. I, uh, you're an early fan. You're one of the original fans that was following this when this was just a Twitter account about a podcast. That's yeah, I liked true. it more then. That was better. <laughs> we actually all feel the same way. It's, it's gotten yeah, much think... worse since we've, you know, it's kind of gone taken it live. I, I, almost, uh, I almost watched Fireproof the other night just out of morbid curiosity. Do, do we drag Austin back on for Fireproof? I th- oh, I think we should. Maybe, yeah. I think that's good. Are are we I just now a, a Christian movie review podcast? Have have we just decided, you know, fuck this with everything else, and now we're just reviewing Christian movies? Uh, I don't want to do that, but, you know. We certainly <laughs> could. I feel like that space is already pretty well occupied, and I'm not it's... going to say the other podcasts do it significantly better, um, but I'll say they do it better. <laughs> <laughs> mm, right yeah what's wrong with a two and a half hour episode on a two-hour movie no that was good i liked that i was talking to austin who hadn't listened to the episode and i said yeah it's two and a half hours and i went no it's not it can't be two and a half hours he went no it's two and a half hours and he looked up and went it's two and a half hours <laughs> so I that's why not, he didn't want to be on <laughs> i did not intend it to be two and a half hours. <laughs> it the thing just is, we accidentally just, you know. I have received a conspiracy theory about why Austin Bristow isn't on the podcast tonight. Oh? Um, because yesterday, him and I and some other friends were going to watch God's Not Dead 3 over Zoom together. Mm-hmm. And that didn't work out um, because you can't watch it over Zoom with like all the different screen, screen share things because of licensing issues. So the theory is that Austin was counting on watching that with his friends so he could steal all of their jokes for the podcast. And then since that didn't happen, he's gone I can see Austin just with a notebook, like writing down timestamps and jokes that people are saying (laughs) and then like rehearsing them before the episode. Um, We should probably probably say originally this episode was going to be was going to be Seth Powers, uh, who we have on right now. And then Austin Bristow, which you may know from the baseball episode. But Austin, the thing is, Seth decided that uh, he didn't want to be on the same episode as Austin. It was surprisingly, you know, surprisingly racist, the the uh, (laughs) the rationale he gave. But we decided to respect it. And so we kicked Austin off the show. And what is is Austin ethnically? What is Austin um, I would say Irish probably would be my guess. That yeah, would make so sense. one thing Seth hates is the Irish. Um. Seth does hate the Irish. That's true. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that statement. Which well, we no, take I as a No, I can deny that statement. I can deny that statement. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good because I think smart. I'm, uh, I, smart. That's good because I'm like one fourth Irish probably. Well, I hate there's it. An, the there's an Irish priest in my uh, not-too-distant past. Yeah, I thought you were Italian. Well, I'm also that, but on my dad's side, there was an oh. Irish priest. Yeah, Italian okay. and Irish, which are the two worst types of white. <laughs> For some reason, when I'm I heard Jerry the... say there is an Italian or an Irish priest not too far in my past, in my mind, there was an Irish <laughs> priest that, that Jerry was pretty close with a couple years ago, but he doesn't hang out with anymore. <laughs> we were once lovers. Yeah. <laughs> well, as listeners of the show know, uh, Jared and I have a pretty rocky relationship. Um, mm-hmm. So we're working our way through the Christian uh, marriage counseling book, The Love Dare. 
Um, and today we are on day six of the Love Dare. By which we mean month one and a half. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and read that for you guys today. Um, day six, love is not irritable. Starts with the passage Proverbs 16.32, which says, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who captures a city. Today's there. Choose today to react to tough circumstances in your podcast in loving ways instead of with irritation. Begin by making a list below of areas where you need to add margin to your schedule. Then list any wrong motivations that you need to release from your life. I don't know what it means by add margins to my schedule. Like make time for Jared? Is that what it means? I don't know, but that's poggers, man. I shut the f- uh, oh, 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 God. This it is going to be a bad time to work through your emotions towards Jared and Poggers rather than reacting with just that direct criticism like you did there. That's inappropriate. See, this exactly. is the problem because today's dare is not to get pissed at Jared, but Jared's dare to himself today is to see how many times he can say Poggers in an episode. <laughs> and <laughs> those two things are directly <laughs> at odds. <laughs> Which, in my mind, is pretty damn poggers. I have no idea if I'm using it right, and I'm not going to look it up, but that, uh, I feel, is the essence of poggers. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's start it. Uh, welcome to Very Legal, Very Cool, an episode about persecution complexes. <laughs> Seth, have you ever listened to the podcast? Uh, yes, I listen religiously, one could say. Or one could also be honest and say I've listened to a couple episodes here and there. Yeah. So, for most of us, religiously. Yes. I've listened to I listened to the episode with Shitty Christians. That was good. Nice. Um, I've listened to all the religious episodes, which makes sense based on my background. Um, it does make sense. But aside from that, I pretty much tried to keep as much joy in my life as possible and avoid very legal, very cool. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. So, so speaking of your religious background, why is your favorite book of the Bible's Leviticus? That's just fucked up, man. Yeah, why is it that one? Um, I find that one to be the easiest to dismiss because you can simply say that's the Old Testament law. We don't have to worry about that. And that way you don't get caught up in any arguments about really any of the social justice issues that a lot of the other books of the Bible really do bring to light. Leviticus is just... Oh, that's Leviticus. What a rascal. <laughs> it's just like that uncle at Thanksgiving. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, he's kind of fucked up. You're like, ah, oh, but that's just Leviticus. <laughs> Why didn't you want Austin on the podcast tonight? That's that's the next one here. You've met Austin, right? Okay, yeah, that's Okay, good. yeah, that's... Uh, have you ever seen a movie that's not God's Not Dead 1, 2, and 3? Why would I do that? Have you seen God's Not Dead 1, 2, and 3? That's true. They are simply peak cinema. Yeah. Once I watched them, I knew no other movie could really compete. And plus, my mom wouldn't let me watch other movies. <laughs> that's follow fair. up. Follow up. Have you heard a song that's not "God's Not Dead," the Newsboys' hit single? Um, I've heard "God's Not Dead" by Daniel Basha as well. It's significantly worse. 
But those are really the kind of the two two songs I alternate back and forth. Our understanding is that it was originally written by the Newsboys and no one else had any input. Don't listen to the episode before this. All right, Seth. Multiple choice here. And by multiple choice, I mean pick one. Would you rather be the cucker or the cucky? Hmm. Yeah, think about it. I do. I really do. This seems to be an interesting situation that I would, would be in. It's just a cuck or get cucked world out there. Yeah, we've all been there. So I'm trying We've to picture there. myself in a loving, fulfilling, um, Christ-like marriage, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I guess... As it usually starts. I yeah. would really have to say in, in that situation, I would have to leave the decision up to God. I'd have to pray about it. It would depend a lot on the context. <laughs> um, and really see where I felt the Lord leading me. I'd probably have to consult Viticus, see if there are any laws regarding it. Um, but uh, well, that, that actually autofills in Cucker. <laughs> <laughs> look god told me to cheat it's not cheating they were married too uh oh okay uh seth uh remember that time i tried to hire you and you said no and i resented you ever since i hope you fail at everything you do go fuck yourself seth powers literally fuck yourself i probably shouldn't have read that one that wasn't written by me but i yeah yeah which time are we talking about for that one <laughs> both <laughs> Hey, if it makes you feel better, I leveraged your offer to uh, get a better, get a, some more responsibility in my current position. Does, is that nice? Is that, that is. That's, I'm actually very hatred. proud of you. That's that's the right thing to do with something like that. So yeah, thanks for that. Good stuff. Yeah. No problem. It's good, you know, lying to your employer that you got an offer. Well, I just kind of mentioned it offhand. Like they, <laughs> they got the hint. Right. Look. See, that's a cucker move. <laughs> that's what the Lord led me to. <laughs> all right so based on what you know of me and of josiah which of us would be the one to throw a brick through a church window Hmm. and inadvertently kill a man in a fire Mm -hmm. okay so for taking the taking the killing the man out of the equation i would say it's probably josiah what Um, but i would say (laughs) if if we're if we're killing an innocent man i would say it's definitely jerry that makes a lot of sense (laughs) poggers is that how i come off on this podcast like a fucking like josiah in the last episode you said i wish instead of recording very legal very cool i could be throwing multiple bricks through multiple church windows i he's I got you there you did say that did not say that play the tape <laughs> <laughs> he's got you there man dead to rights oh fuck man we all know that marketing is for dirty sinners how do you justify the career path that you chose well, in my mind, um, I think that people are stupid, and if they can't figure mm-hmm. out that I'm lying, that's their fault. I think when they, <laughs> when they see something, they should go, that's probably not true. Again, that's real cucker energy you got there. <laughs> well, that, uh, those are some good questions. As you, as you could probably tell, we are joined today with Seth Powers, uh, uh, Jared's friend from college, right? Am I right on that? More or less. Sure. Okay, good. Sure. God. We knew each other. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and I guess that that leads us. Uh, what, what, are, what what are you guys drinking today? I have cran grape juice, ocean spray. I have a Milano Llama um, by White Oak Brewery here, a local local brewery here in town. It's very good. Very good. I, I got Berry Noir from a Boulevard Brewing Company. It's pretty good. It's been a go-to for me lately. Seth, I will say, I don't, I don't know that there is like a defined line of 
Jared and Seth became friends. Yeah, what happened? Or if let's, it ever let's even get into happened. that story. Yeah, let's. Well, my take on it has always been that uh, Jared and I are just two sides of the same coin. We're both pastor's mm. kids. True. Uh, we were homeschooled for <clears throat> portions of our lives. I think me Very for a little true. longer than Jared. And then mm-hmm. I think we both went to the same college. Jared joined a fraternity. I didn't. And that's where that's our paths true. diverge. <laughs> that is true. That is, that's very true. Jared joined a fraternity. I joined the Campus Crusade for Christ. You sure did. To be fair, though, I also joined the Campus Crusade for Christ long before you. And then okay. I quit. Well, yeah, we all get to that point. It He's was more of a children's you, crusade for Christ. You, you know Crusade for Christ is as, like, accomplished its mission once you've transcended the need for a crusade for Christ, you know? <laughs> exactly. My favorite, my favorite thing about Campus Crusade for Christ is that in the past 10 years or so, they've changed their name um, because, you know, Crusade is problematic. But they shortened it to right. Crew, so, which is just a shortened <laughs> version of Crusade, keeping the problematic part and leading to everyone but asking... spelled like Motley Crew. Which is an important, uh, it's an important distinction because everyone goes, yeah. "What's crew? Is that an acronym?" You have to go, "No, it's short for crusade." For who? It's, it's, it's kind of like when I want to make like the Spanish Inquisition sound better, I just call it the ink. Exactly. <laughs> As all who are close with the Inquisition yeah. tend to do. You know the ink. I'm imagining and, crew is just like a crusader, like stereotypical crusader but he's got sunglasses on and he's like sitting on a chair that's been flipped around like a youth pastor and he's like bringing up masturbation a lot that actually describes the crew staff person surprisingly well yeah that makes a lot of sense (laughs) yeah so i'd say our our paths diverged there but it's you know we did kind of circle back around and did both land in marketing yeah no that that's that's the other comparison i forgot to draw yeah we both work in marketing so we are the same person because we have the same job. Yeah. That is something I firmly believe. Yes, I, I agree with that. And I think it's one of those things where I just kind of assume that we're friends, but have I you, don't know. Um, you haven't been telling people that we're friends, have you, Jared? No, God, no. I would not want okay. to be associated with you in any you know meaningful okay, so, way. But it's one yeah. of those assumptions that I had in the background. Like, well, we talked and hung out now and again. Yeah, um, I've tried to a Super poach Bowl party, you. and you, you didn't come, so, I mean, that's where I kind of went, well, he's not my friend. That's true, I did not come. I'm trying to remember what I was doing that day that I didn't come. I think you were probably just <clears throat> hating Seth. Well, that's true, but that's usually a Saturday activity. I like when we bring <laughs> on Jared's friends, because this turns into a debate about whether you guys are actually friends, and then you start, like, rehashing awkward stuff. That's mm-hmm. always good. That's how it is with most of my friends. Yeah, yeah. Now, Jerry doesn't yeah, have friends so much as people I don't have friends. had awkward encounters with over the years. <laughs> right. I don't have friends in the traditional sense. There are people that I, you know, come across and randomly reach out to to come on my podcast. Mm. That's really all you need friends for. That's my working definition of a friend. Will they come on the podcast that I co-host? And well, if then- so, there you go. I'm, I'm your friend, Jared. I'll give you that. Wow. All right. All right. Well, we've resolved it. Seth Powers and I are officially friends after all that's, these years. About that's so time. exciting. All right. What, what do you, what's your guys' experience with God's Not Dead 3, A Light in the Darkness? Uh, my experience with God's Not Dead... Uh, or as a franchise, a, too. Yeah. Yeah, has been a significant portion of my life. I was told the Did other day... Did it just come out a few years ago? 
Uh, the first movie came out in 2014. Yes. Um, so but I was told that it has corrupted my mind just the other day. Um, mm-hmm. I was just telling Josiah that. <laughs> I think that's the general effect it has on people. I don't think anyone's ever watched God's Not Dead 1, 2, or 3 and gone, I feel better now. Right. <laughs> but where, Even... <laughs> where Jared and I went to school, um, there was generally a vote for the homecoming theme. And I believe it was uh, my sophomore year of college that we hijacked that vote and had God's Not Dead 2 win as the homecoming theme. <laughs> It had to be removed by the Campus Activities Board. <laughs> oh, man. There was and, then and... very closely followed by a vote for what movie they should screen during Homecoming. And they somehow did not see that we would obviously also raise that vote to be God's Not Dead too, Which was also canceled. And I've never really gotten over that betrayal. <laughs> and, and since then, I've I've not been able to disconnect the God's Not Dead franchise with Seth Powers. I think there are many people who have that problem, including me. It's a, definitely a core <laughs> pillar of my identity at this point. It's just a, a piece of your life. I did have a poster of God's Not Dead in my room in college. Um, my to-go <laughs> toast for <laughs> drinking was God is good all the time, all the time God is good. <laughs> I do have Blu-ray copies of all three films behind me, as well as the book God's Not Dead by Rice Brooks. Um, I have a collection of pins for the film God's Not Dead 2 that I got from a friend in L.A. Uh, I did cover the song with my brothers at our church. You know, it's just a kind of um, blossomed out of control. It started ironic, and now it's just a defining part of your personality. Yeah, my brother once told me, he sat me down on the couch and said, Seth, I'm worried that your entire personality is just a bunch of bits that you put together. And that's true. And one of the largest bits is God's Not Dead. Specifically, God's Not Dead 2. Uh, well, okay. Yeah. Uh, some, some, what's uh, everyone's initial, initial reaction to God's Not Dead 3? I suppose for, for Seth, it's not an initial reaction. That, that reaction happened two years ago. I saw the but, movie uh... in theaters. In <laughs> it was a dinner theater. Austin Bristol came with me. There were several other people. We made, a, we made kind of a whole uh, night out of it. Went out in the town, got dressed up. So yeah, so you start, I guess. What, what, is, your, what is your initial react? What is your reaction to this movie? Overall, the movie's bad. But in comparison to the first two... <laughs> It's very, very good. Um, That's. <laughs> I should point out, I have never actually seen God's Not Dead 2. That's part of the bit. But compared to God's Not Dead 1 and what I've read about God's Not Dead 2, God's Not Dead Light and Darkness is the only one that's not just absolute garbage. Yeah, absolutely. That, uh, Jared, Jared, what's your thought? Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, in, in, a, in, the, in the universe where only three movies exist, it is the best movie ever made. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah, I'll say, I, I say I agree. Um, I, there is some attempt at nuance in this movie in a way that the other movies do not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the bad guys sometimes have a point. Yeah, it's like a ham fist, but like a lean ham. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And if I may add a little bit of trivia about the writing process of God's Not Dead 3 here. If you you look around for the writing credits, you'll notice that this one is written by Michael Mason, as opposed to the first two were written by some people who I don't know. Yeah, yeah. 
mm-hmm. that's the fo- those first two people did write a script for God's Not Dead Three. Oh, but, I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah, that's it's some insider information from a friend in L.A. Uh, he was an intern huh. there. He, he met with the scriptwriter for God's Not Dead 3, looked over the script. He went to the f- premiere with us and said, that's not the movie I read. It's significantly <laughs> better. Because huh. they, they brought in this uh, Michael Mason guy who has no other credits to his name. I was looking, trying to see, like, what else has he been in? Nothing. You just did God's Not Dead 3. And they were like, okay, you kind of gave the atheist a little bit of personality there. Your career with Pure Flakes is over. Yeah. Can you imagine having one writing credit to your name <laughs> and it's God's Not Dead 3 and nothing else? I, I'm going to go ahead and say that does sound like something I would accidentally fail upwards into. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds exactly like something that would happen to me. Jared, not only can and I that's imagine what that, is all about. I dream about that every <laughs> night. <laughs> that's all I need. So we, we get to join all of our good friends again for this movie. Um, one thing we did last episode, somehow in our two and a half hour episode, we left off the end credits scene. We never actually said what happened. So at the end of the second movie. In our two and a half hour talk about the two hour movie, where we could have just read word for word from the script. We, we also managed to forget a pivotal scene at the end. The best scene. At- after the end credits scene, as we know, uh, Pastor David Hill's uh, uh, sermons are getting subpoenaed by the state, a thing that totally happens, and he refuses to give over those uh, give over those sermons, and so he gets arrested. And so we begin the next movie. It's all dark. It's completely black. Close your close your eyes, everybody. It's completely black. I'm and... seeing a light from the computer screen. Is this supposed to? Yeah. Um, okay. And then it says, sometimes all it takes is a spark, something very small, but the spark becomes a flame. And if that flame spreads, the power can be so overwhelming, it transforms everything around it. And that's some real cucker energy <laughs> it, it, that we it. start out with. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we see now we're kind of learning about everything that's been happening over just these like cuts of like news news segments and stuff it's like blinking in and out it's very intense this is a much you're setting the tone for a much darker movie than the first two and we see david hill's been under arrest we see that protests are happening everywhere and there's this big free speech debate and then jude uh david's friend who i didn't mention from the last movie uh <laughs> because there's too many characters in the there last are way movie. too many characters <laughs> i would say he does play a very important role in this movie in this movie yes so i kind of wish i'd mentioned him anyway jude uh <laughs> had we was, known uh, Who's a who's like kind of an uh, like an African immigrant? I don't remember exactly where he's supposed to be from. Um, he speaks uh, Swahili, though, right? Yes, they met. Um, yeah. I have a note about that line. Yeah. So uh, Jude uh, greets him as he gets out, and you know David Hill greets the protesters, and everybody cheers. In an interview, briefly as he's leaving, David Hill says, 
to a uh, reporter that truth is a person, the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and then fuck. that spirals around the news. Like this fucking pastor just said that the only truth is Jesus. Who'd have thunk? My favorite line is one of the news anchors says, whatever happened to separation of church and state, as though Pastor David Hill is some sort of government official making that statement, and not a literal pastor. Can you imagine this world where you could just come up to a pastor and be like, hey, do you believe in God? And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, obviously. And then you cancel them. (laughs) You know, I'll say it right here, right now. David Hill is canceled. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You heard About it time. here first. David Hill probably should be canceled, but not for anything he's shown doing in this movie. But I'm assuming <laughs> if you pushed him, he's probably got some pretty bad views. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably they probably that's probably what the fourth movie is going to be about. Yeah, I mean, he was a real dick to his brother for like no good reason. Yeah, his brother's the that's sweetest true. man in the world. <laughs> his, yeah, his brother's good. His brother was great. He was just um, a nice person. guy the whole time. Before we get too far into this, I would like to yes. briefly touch on the fact that Pastor David Hill is arrested for not turning over his sermons. That is something that is an absurd statement, but is based on a legitimate outcry that happened, I believe it was right before this movie was filmed, so it would have been like 2015, where the city of Houston, Texas, did subpoena five sermons pastor, or five pastor sermons, and the oh. pastors said no. It was in relation to the Hero Act, which would have expanded the city's ban on discrimination to include all, to include dis, um, a ban on discrimination against sexual orientation. I'm not saying that to defend this movie's use of that. I'm saying that because that got completely slammed by every single person in the press, in the government. The, t- the Texas governor <laughs> signed a specific law saying, you can't do that, even after it was struck down in multiple other courts. <laughs> U.S. Senator Ted Cruz said, This week, the government of Texas sent a subpoena to silence prayers. The Texas, um, so then get G- Governor Greg Abbott signed a uh, law saying that uh, you can't look at any documents from churches and said, Texas law will now be your strength and your sword and your shield, uh, ripping off the Bible verse that says God will be your strength and your sword and your shield, kind of going against what they're going for is with this whole um, God will protect us thing. Yeah, no, nobody does blasphemy better than Christians, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've kind of noticed that. <laughs> but I think that's why this was so briefly touched on in the, in the third movie, the second yeah. movie, they had the end credits scene where it's like, yeah, this is happening. And then it just was immediately shut down. They couldn't really build this persecution complex on it because the government was like, no, you can't. We really can't do this. You can't subpoena those those sermons. Yeah. yeah. So they lost the premise of the third film and instead had to go with go with this one. That makes sense. Jeez. That makes sense. Well, yeah, and like, you know, all wait. of the movies, too, are just like so anti-government when like <laughs> all of these cases are... They're in Arkansas. You know. The government's on their side. Yeah. Right, like... Yeah. And I mean, not to jump too far ahead, but like, yeah, I mean, the only people that are really getting fucked over by the state and stuff regularly by in Arkansas is like, you know, as the the later pastor will bring up, is, is black people, generally. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. black churches are the ones that get fucked. Uh, but we'll get back to the persecution complex yeah, yeah, later. Yeah, we'll get back to that. Well, we're talking about God's Not Dead 3, so I think as right. soon as we start talking about the movie, we're talking about persecution complex. Okay, yeah, that's fair. So, 
So we're, we're going to have to go ahead and say that the plot of this movie doesn't make any sense, <laughs> which I, I, I understand that's Implied. true with all of them. <laughs> but this one is, I think, the craziest. because So, okay. So the, the, we start to get to a little bit of where the problem here is, is that apparently this church is on state school property. How that happened is a good question that the movie doesn't really address. I think technically the school is on its own property. The church is on its own property right outside the school, but it receives a large amount of funding from the college because the whole thing is the school is making its eminent domain claim to take the land from the church. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause it was, it was like very closely affiliated with the school. I think they say in the movie that, that um, whatever the college is, was a Christian college until like 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it started in a collaboration with St. James. And then they went, secular <gasps> no well let's see okay so then like that's kind of interesting because the the college i go to uh simpson college was was made by the methodist church in the area too and the methodist church is still here and there's no relationship between the two a- at all like the school has no right to like subpoena it. <laughs> yeah anyway this doesn't happen <laughs> no see we did go to a christian college and most of what they carried over was really just the drinking rules. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. I, well, I don't know. Well, drinking is sin. That's true. Well, we know that's that. true. Especially true. having a, you know liquor in your dorm. So we get God's not dead, a light in the darkness flashes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to a scene where Jude and David are driving in a car, and Jude is pressuring David to ask some girl out. Yeah, 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 Megan. Yeah. Megan, yeah. So they, so we go and we, we, and David delivers the food to this girl, uh, Megan, who feeds homeless people with the food. Um, and then she gives him a a note that says that she uh, always had a thing for bad boys because he went to jail. So she must have given it to the wrong person. (laughs) (laughs) Like one of the homeless people, maybe that would have made more sense for. Yeah, that would have probably, yeah, like a heroin addict. Perhaps. (laughs) Perhaps. <laughs> I heard you're a bad boy. <laughs> With and the whole time David, David's like, David's like, ah, she's not into me. <laughs> Which is, I'd say maybe one of the most relatable parts of this movie. I <laughs> okay, to be honest, if a, if a woman gave me a note that said, I've always been into bad boys, I would think... This woman can't be into me because she has no idea who I am as a person. <laughs> she does not know me in any way, which can be and a benefit in certain relationships. Yeah, yeah, I have a podcast. You could say I'm a bit of a bad boy. <laughs> we really rip into Pure Flicks and David A.R. White. <laughs> Absolutely tear them to shreds. You oh. should hear what we said to the Flat Earthers. <laughs> that's true those people man uh so then <laughs> yeah. so uh so david's given a sermon and he says that uh jude has accepted a permanent position as co-pastor and that saint james has been here for 150 years and we're not going anywhere dun 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 dun, dun. and then they're they're leaving that night and then suddenly they hear a uh, window smash and an alarm starts going off as David and Jude are leaving, and they're like, oh, shit. So then David sees the guy who threw the brick through the window, and he's like, oh, fuck. And so he chases him, and all the time Jude's like, no, don't do that. And then 
I think, does dude call the police? Doesn't matter. Someone calls the police. And then dude goes down into the basement. <laughs> For no good reason. For no good reason. I'd say, um, just investigating the situation. You, yeah, you can hear in the up. background the sound of a very lo- the loudest gas leak I've ever heard in my life. Like, just like <laughs> clearly exhaust fumes just filling the, the, the basement. But he doesn't seem to be aware that that's happening. So then he pulls the string on the light bulb and then it blows up the basement. Like, which is a thing that totally happens. (laughs) It happened just the other day to me. I'm actually recording this in my parents' basement because my house is burned to the ground. (laughs) I believe that. So then David's dragging Jude out of the, the, the. church and there's like the cheesiest fire i i've ever seen and and i was raised on 60s era doctor who um, <laughs> and you know uh, he pulls him out and jude jude is muttering under his breath and it's very clear that jude's gonna die no there's a very you know, I, there's a very important shot where uh david runs down and he picks up jude and he touches the back of jude's head and then his hand comes just covered in what's clearly clearly fake blood it almost just looks like ketchup and he goes oh no then he he prays to the lord for strength to help him drag jude out of the fire but he knows jude's gonna die so at this point he could have just left him honestly honestly that might have been the kinder thing to do save on burial costs so 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 jude's lying on the ground Dude's lying on the ground dying, and then, you know, David uh, begins to try to save him and then realizes, oh, yeah, Jude's already saved. And so then... (laughs) (laughs) I I just keep forgetting. I'm sorry. When I see a dying corpse, I gotta make sure. It's a reflex. (laughs) Um, Jude mutters something under his breath in Swahili, uh, and then just dies, um, and the authorities arrive, and it's sad. That's a sad moment. It's a coincidence that he that dies as soon as the like government gets there. So then we get it. All right. 12 hours earlier. Which, which I want to say, kudos kudos on this movie for having non-linear storytelling to some degree. It's incredible. That's, that it's Michael Mason. More fucking interesting, <laughs> more interesting shit to happen in this movie than any of the previous movies. There's it's already camera angles. Way... <laughs> They used real angles. <laughs> they did not use stock footage of a courthouse. No. <laughs> it was great. It's 12 hours earlier and we get a voiceover. And this is the person who did the voiceover in the beginning of the movie. Oh, hey. What? We're introduced no to her. Her name's Keaton. And she says she's so tired of all the noise and everyone yelling. And she can't hear God anymore. And there's a bunch of these, like, slow motion shots, which, again, is probably the most artistic thing I have seen in a God's Not Dead movie. Low bar. But. Low bar. And I'm not saying it's, like, great. I'm saying this just, it has the, the appearance of being a movie. I mean, it did win an Oscar, it, so don't, don't shut out too much. What? It did? What? <laughs> no. No, oh, of, co- of course okay. it didn't. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> How drunk are you, Josiah? <laughs> I was going to say I completely missed that news. <laughs> that would have been incredible, though. Honestly, though. Does this movie have the newsboys in it? I know this is It isn't. does. A brief, Where? brief Briefly. moment on, they're like on an iPad screen talking about David White. Okay. Yeah, all right. very brief. They didn't okay. even do the music for this one. They, they were much less involved in the first two. Yeah, thank God. Um, <laughs> so then, yeah, so Keaton's now in the library. She's studying, and then she gets a phone call from her mother. 
and then her uh, her boyfriend shows up. His name's Adam, and she hangs up, doesn't answer her her call from her mom. And Adam realizes this is because Keaton's pretending to be in church. It's just hard to tell your parents when you're questioning, you know. Sometimes you gotta pretend to be in church. That's yeah, true. We've all we've, we've all done, done it. it. I bet all three of us have maybe done that actually. Yep. Yep. Um, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Oh, good for you. Ah, uh, who's got a functional religious life? Uh, well, let's not go... <laughs> That's clearly not the case, but... <laughs> so we cut to a group of friends talking about the Mandela effect. Oh, yeah. Which is a weird... Because that never comes up again in any sort of meaningful way. No, not, not really. It's, yeah, um, it's, you, yeah, it is a strange, strange scene. Because they discuss it in some depth. They give a few examples. To be fair, that is kind of a God's Not Dead signature. It's like in God's Not Dead 2 where we cut into the the principal or whatever talking about the football players and how they can't be praying on the field for no reason. And then totally drop that and never pick it up again. I think it's what they do instead of actual character development. They're just like, here, listen to this brief snippet of conversation. This character has a whole life that you get to imagine all on your own, and we're going to they do are... no work to establish that whatsoever. <laughs> they are a real person. They have friends. They say things to each other. They have thoughts and feelings. <laughs> uh, the only relevance this actually has to the movie whatsoever is that one of the guys is saying that the Mandela effect is like evidence of alternate realities. And then Keaton's like, that's stupid, you dumb idiot. And then the friend is like, well, yeah, but so is God. Ooh, got him. <laughs> and Keaton's like kind of defensive. And then, you know, her, her friend is like, well, you don't get it, you know, because you're one of them, one of those Christians. Which is and terminology people use them. all the time. Adam, uh, Adam, like a, a, like a fucking snitch, uh, <laughs> says, no, she's not one of them. And then, and then Keaton leaves and Adam chases around. He's like, wait, wait, wait. And he's like, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I mean, I kind of did, but anyway, uh, anyway, I'm going to go kill someone. (laughs) (laughs) They're jumping ahead here. Uh, basically this just, you're going through a word for a word, man. Yeah, I know. I I should probably move a little faster. (laughs) (laughs) I've suffered enough. That's My favorite part of that scene is basically what happens is uh, Keaton breaks up with Adam. And Adam, in response to that, goes, Aw, come some. on. Don't do this. And then that's kind of where the scene ends. <laughs> oh, jeez. Really? No. Oh, what a come bummer. On. You mean it? I'm going to go burn down a church. All right. So gotta do what I got to do. I'll start to move a little faster here. But Keaton goes to church. She runs into Josh from the first movie. Yes. Uh, Josh. Love Josh. I applauded in the theater when Josh came back on screen. I was that excited to see him again. She she mentions the Mandela Effect conversation (laughs) in like a really awkward way. Nice. But then we cut to a party and Adam's drinking angrily. Is there another way to drink? (laughs) (laughs) He's just like staring into like a red Solo cup like he's going to fight the cup. I'm not seeing anything weird here. And he walks home drunk, and then uh, he sees this church, and the church has a sign that says, all are welcome here. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, right. And he uh, creates spray paint. Uh, I don't know where he gets the spray paint, but he spray paints an X. He's always got that thing on him. Yeah. 
Spring fades to the next and then throws a brick. And oh shit, this is the guy who threw the brick and killed Jude. He's oh the my murderer. God. He's the murderer. This is where he got drunk and sad and burned down a church. We've like every good it. metal band. It is happening. <laughs> Seeing Josiah, this is how Seth sees you. Yeah. yeah that's great. Um. <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, so the police are treating this as a hate crime. We see some more news clips. And then basically, we're leading to just the university is now debating whether or not to rebuild the church. And Tom, the guy who's the guy in the council who's like friends with David at the church, he's like, he, he's like, yeah, we rebuild it, obviously. But then all these women uh, oh, on the no. council. I didn't even realize like, that it was. Yeah, just all the women. The women are definitely the bad guy in this situation. In this movie. Well, yeah, it's fair, pretty, women are evil. It's it's got Only kind of a that. sexist dynamic. My right. notes literally says Tom wants to keep it, but all these broads tell him not to. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how the movie acts like about this. <laughs> Poor Tom, he's just a figurehead being controlled by the by evil, all those evil those woman. Women. And this uh, is why women should not be allowed to hold clergy positions. Shut up, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we cut to Jude's funeral. Which is like this very, very, um, it's like a, held in a black church where, uh, where the rest of the, the congregation of the, of David's church of St. James is going to be attending for the next while. Um, that's the sad part. Yeah, apparently. Um, I mean, I, yeah, like, again, this is kind of an interesting thing because this is the first time this movie has represented any sort of diversity in the Christian tradition. Cause uh, I, I think up until this moment, yeah. Christians are just evangelical like that's it that's the only type of christian that exists to this movie and then this movie kind of implies like hey there's like other types that's probably why i didn't do as well that's definitely plays it that's blasphemy so david's talking to jude's family um and i think they're jude's family it doesn't explicitly say yeah it's his parents okay yeah and uh, the dad says something in Swahili, and uh, David realizes, holy shit, that's the thing that Jude said to me. And so he asks the mom, what, what did he say? And uh, basically, it was just Swahili for uh, God is good all the time, all the time God is good. Which to me, it seems ridiculous that Jude would have never said that in Swahili to him before. Because I think so. the entire first movie... <laughs> David and Jude are saying that back and forth to each other the entire film. And never once did he go, oh yeah, that's actually a very common saying in Swahili. That's where I got it from. He was just trying to take credit for it. No, like, no, I, 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 came, I came up that. with this. <laughs> this you made this, this I made this. <laughs> I also do like that uh, Jude's mother says something like, it's very difficult to uh, translate to English. And then gives like just a very succinct normal <laughs> easy to understand explanation of what it means anyway and it's something exactly that david's been saying for years <laughs> oh man so tom on the council has to tell david that we're not gonna rebuild the church mm, poor tom wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. and what so uh and he's gonna and he's gonna do that through eminent domain uh which is Really funny, because that's the big bad guy in this movie is just eminent domain. Which is fair. It's just It just feels so weird, because the previous movies are like usual conservative talking points. You've got like <laughs> the college system makes, you know, liberal, liberal, yeah, evil liberals. And then you have the like the school system is against you and won't let you pray. And then you get to like this movie and it's like eminent domain. 
<laughs> I think the writer, I think David A. R. White probably went to a community college history course and was like, eminent domain? That could be used to impress me, just like everything else in the system is. It, it's either that or like he his home had like a highway built over it. <laughs> and he's just been waiting to like lash out about this. Or this is just another way that God's Not Dead 3 sets itself apart from the, the rest of the films yeah. in that it's about something but it's actually about something else. What's crazy, though, is it turns out Josh uh, went to grad school and studied property law for a while. <laughs> I hated that so much. <laughs> You're like, oh, the situation that's happening? I know a lot about that. <laughs> for no goddamn reason. Uh, so, yeah, so Josh dropped out of grad school, though, to be part of this ministry. First um, mistake. And then, David and Josh are talking about how Keaton is lost and how their ministry is important to help her and stuff. Well, the conversations you have as leader of a, of a campus ministry, yep. Absolutely. <laughs> and so then David hops in a car and drives to Chicago. <laughs> I forgot about He drives. It's like a 17-hour drive. That's a hell of a drive, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's important to show, to say he looks at his phone and it shows his brother's phone number and contact information and then he decides no i'm not going to call him i'm instead going to drive 17 hours and show up at his office it, it really is just the funniest plot point because yeah yeah he doesn't just give him a call which the brother gives him shit about which yeah. seems like the script calling bullshit on itself because the brother's like why did you do that you fucking moron and the the, I'm glad that the brother's in it because the brother is much like uh, what's her face in the second movie, the main character, mm-hmm. um, the single, the singular sane person in the movie. That's just I like so if much. you take a yeah. normal person and throw them in the most insane scenario possible, and then see how they suddenly become insane. Yeah, that's exactly it. So it turns out David's uh, David's brother is a civil rights lawyer. That's crazy. How with the under with the undertone that civil rights are bad. Yeah, they do explicitly say that later in the film. They say yeah. they say civil rights are liberal. Like yeah, they do. I think yeah, Pierce the That's brother. That's some he liberal says, commie bullshit. Is the quote I remember. Well, <laughs> I guess we'll come back to that. But Josh defends civil rights, which again is another one of these movies. A time when this movie kind of is like calling bullshit on itself like it's like you've spent two movies telling us that's bad anyway we'll get there um (laughs) eventually so yeah we'll get eventually man uh pierce is like uh pierce has a you know snarky comment where he's like god calls you you call me huh uh you know pierce doesn't believe in god um He's too he's cool for God. He's too cool for God. And that's true. He is pretty it cool. It is true. So while David's, uh, you know, while David's in Chicago, um, uh, Adam comes to Keaton and confesses that he burned the church down. Which, first mistake. Yeah, that was well, one in a long string snitch. of mistakes. You could have gotten okay. away with it, too. He could have, really. There was no evidence. Uh, anyway. Yeah, and Keaton's <laughs> pretty cool with it, all things considered. Right. That's she's, true. She's kind of like, this is the thing that you've done. She tells him, don't tell anybody. Yeah, and don't do it again. But you're good. Yeah, which which she ends up uh, definitely breaking that rule. But um, 
the telling people, not not the doing it again. Yeah, he then, God's not dead. <laughs> That's what he God's just burned for, another church. God's, yeah, God's not dead for. He joined a death metal band. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next uh, so cover the, of God's Not Dead. So so David's bringing his good good old brother Pierce home, and his brother's like, "You got booze," and David's like, "Of course I don't." Um, <laughs> I, I like how it's, that, it's how more that's subtle than that. Too. Yeah, because he's. It's not that he's like. Was, he's like, of course I don't have alcohol. It's he says it like no with like this. Of course I don't. What a ridiculous yeah. question. Kind of undertone to it. <laughs> and like the, you can tell that they're like, what? What can we do to establish that Pierce is just this worldly atheist that that shits on everything that we think is good and yet somehow is redeemable? Well alcohol he drinks (laughs) and not just drinks but casually yeah because if you notice in every other scene that Mm -hmm. pierce is in david's house Mm -hmm. he has a bottle in his hand like straight up (laughs) he went out and he bought beer and it's he's drinking it every time he's relaxing it's in the dinner scene it's in like all the rest of it and to be fair kudos to him for going through all of this and only needing beer that's true. He's a that strong man. That would be like man. a full bottle of just whiskey. Uh, so so they get talking, and basically, you know, he's uh, clearly they have a rocky relationship. David doesn't realize that uh, you know, Pierce had had heart surgery six years ago. They don't um, talk much, but he did drive 17 hours to go say hi. Yeah, absolutely. And Pierce is like, uh, you know, eminent domain happens all the time. I don't know if you really have a case here. And what he finds Which out, they're exactly going to Which is exactly what they said in God's Not Dead 2. Yeah. And then they find out that there's going to be like, you know, he mentions that there's going to be a student union building built where St. James is and that they say the church is bad PR. And Pierce is like, yeah, they're probably right. Pierce just being the normal, kind, smart character that he is about the whole film is like, I mean, I see that they do have character point. too. <laughs> yeah, he never, oh, not never, but he is kind he never snaps on all the crap that David pulls in this movie, which and he we'll pulls get to it. So much crap. He for does no reason. Stupid things for no goddamn reason. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's kind of a powerfulish scene, I think, where they're like walking around the burnt inside of the mo- of the church. Which again, this movie, like this franchise, has primed me to not expect anything remotely artsy. And so, just the look of that moment is like, oh, hey, that's a shot. See, that's how they get you. They set it up with two (laughs) movies that are such utter garbage that they can really do anything with this, and it's like, holy shit, they learned how to make a movie. Good for them. (laughs) They had a couple test runs, but they they got it. Third time's the charm. Oh, man. So Adam, meanwhile, is racked with guilt, and he's, like, asking Keaton whether God will forgive him. Which, no, he won't. Yeah, it was a strong no. Yeah, but. I mean, you did burn a church down, buddy. I, I don't. He's like, that's David his home. That's where he lived. <laughs> <laughs> not only did you burn down his house, but he also killed a man. Let's not forget okay, that. Okay, that's, that's. If we're going to be true. honest, if we're Probably going with standard evangelical stuff here, the property damage is a bigger issue. They're <laughs> not worried about the life. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Property can't be replaced. You can always make another person. Okay. Oh shit. So we're we're oh, skip ahead here. They're gonna bulldoze bulldoze the church, dude. Oh no. Oh shit. That's shit, not, not poggers of them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Not Seth. good. Uh, not they're gonna bulldoze the church. 
So Pierce and David are showing up, and they're like, oh, shit. And then the guy with the bulldozer's like, yeah, I got demo, uh, like a demolition permission from Tom. <laughs> That's my new band, band name, I call it. Permission. Demolition permission. <laughs> <laughs> Only Newsboys covers, though. <laughs> And then, and then David's like, yeah, you got permission to demolish it on a Sunday? Is this a fucking hate crime? This is the Lord's um, Day. You do not work. It is the Sabbath. So then Pierce takes off What about off separation running. between church and state? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what we got to start doing is just whipping out separation of church and state regardless of how relevant it is to the situation. <laughs> Anytime anyone mentions uh, God or the government, go, what about just separation of church and state? I was thinking about God when you said, when you were talking about the political campaign there. That's not separate. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, so, Pierce is going to run off and save the day, and David is supposed to stall. So, David stands in front of the bulldozer and filibusters. <laughs> They act like he's, like, doing some crazy thing. He's just reading the Bible. And everyone's right. like, ooh, look at this. Look at this hero. He's so he's, brave. But he's filibustering. You don't need to filibuster. This isn't the Senate. <laughs> this doesn't matter. Separation of church and state. <laughs> you're standing in front of the bulldozer. You talking does not change that fact. Okay, just imagine the guy is in the bulldozer. He's like, I'm going to... I'm going to take this church out. The guy standing in front of him is like, I'm going to run this man over with my bulldozer. And then the guy starts talking. He's like, no, 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 can't do that anymore. Got to hold God back. I'm moving this thing forward. Got to hold back. He's I reading didn't know Genesis he could talk. 1. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth? Never mind no, this bulldozing. I am yet. interested. <laughs> Slow down here. You mean to tell me. Uh, so Pierce drives over to a judge, bugs the ju- judge in the middle of church, in the middle of mass. Hey, second time that this movie has acknowledged that there is types of Christians aside from evangelical Protestants. Good on them. Anyway, he forces the judge. <laughs> Such to- a low bar. <laughs> but to be fair, the judge is Catholic and judges are bad people. So That is also true. Uh, he gets a, 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 the judge to write a cease and desist order and then... Uh, rushes to the r- rushes to the bulldozer, and then um, Pierce uh, gives the cops and the dozer guy the cease and desist order, and he just bought us a few weeks, and that's like the big moment. You can actually now, honest, see get- Pierce was badass in that scene. Mm-hmm. He oh yeah, pulls he up in his, in his Audi <laughs> and is like, "Yeah, I got my iPad here. It's got a PDF that the judge signed. Get away from my church." I'm not yeah, going to lie, if, if they redid this movie, but did the whole thing from Pierce's perspective, that yeah. would be a pretty damn good movie. It would win an Oscar. It could. That would, yeah. It could. Oscar Kind of like how this movie did. <laughs> yeah. Exactly like this Which movie. it did. That's a, that is a thing that happened. That's true. It would, it would win a bigger Oscar. Yes. Much larger Oscar. <laughs> that could totally beat the other Oscar. <laughs> Very legal, very cool. 
podcast about the various ways I fantasize about killing Jared Daru. God, that's so fucking hot. That's really good. Well, we're back. It sounds like Jared has turned to alcohol. Haven't we all? Even though he was going to not drink. I, I have poured myself a glass of whiskey. That's like what Jared did about three separate times in college. He turned to alcohol even though he was going to not drink. <laughs> yeah, three. <laughs> and, uh, that's my, a more flattering room, number. My roommate purchased uh, Little Caesar's Pizza, and I, so I have a slice of pizza now, which is good because all I'd had for dinner uh, was a gas station uh, pretzel. That I bought. Nice. I do not envy your lifestyle. It's great. Um, <laughs> so Pierce, like, they're talking, they're talking, uh, David and Pierce, and Pierce is like, man, you guys love to play the victim. Good scene. Oh, shit, that is something that they love to do. That, that is, it's like this is a franchise devoted to that. Oh, my God. Oh, and so then, yeah, David's like, oh, you always hated shit, you're always shitty and whatever. And then Pierce is like, I'm here, aren't I? Which, again, like, 17 hours. <laughs> and it's not like this guy has just time to kill, right? Like, he's a lawyer. He's a, civil he's a very lawyer. busy person, I have to assume. And he's taken multiple weeks off to do this. Yeah, there's a scene where he's calling his assistant saying, yeah, I mean, just clean my schedule for the next three weeks. This thing can't take longer than that. Yeah. So, like, he had Oops. things going on. And they also, like, I think they're trying to, when he's on the phone with his assistant, he's usually very short. Like, they're trying to portray it like he's being rude. But it just seems like he's a very efficient person who has a good working yeah. relationship with his assistant. Yeah. He's on top of things. The like, he seems the assistant... like a, a competent guy. Right? I aspire to be like Pierce. Mm. Yeah. You mean a sinner? Yeah, sinner alcoholic. Well, I am drinking, aren't I? <laughs> you're on your way. Now you now you just have to get a law degree and practice civil rights law in Chicago, and you're good. Oh God. Well, skipping ahead just a tad. Uh, Pierce and David are now gonna finally get into this uh, legal discussion, make an offer, you know, uh, all that stuff. As this is kind of the do. second movie again. Yeah. Yeah. We're in a boardroom. <laughs> Just They're law people room. doing law shit. It's yeah. Tom and all... Is it, his name's Tom, right? Yeah, Tom's out of war. And then all the women. Oh, yeah. Tom and then and they just... all the women. <laughs> and basically, they go like... Uh, like, Pierce is just like, Hey, uh, now we're not taking your offer because uh, what you're doing is against the law. So you're either going to withdraw or we're going to sue your ass. Again. Again. Pierce. Mm -hmm. Cool. Badass Very cool. There. And very legal. Fun fact. Mm. And very poggers. God damn it. The most poggers. Uh, and David's like, oh no, they looked wor they don't look worried. And Pierce is like, ah, oh, it's not their job. It's their job not to look worried. They're worried. Again, so, very cool. Very badass very thing cool. to say. So they're going to make Tom the face of this oppression. And they're going to like, yeah, ruin Tom's life. It's going to smear him in the media. Yeah. Uh, which they do. <laughs> It works beautifully. His life is <laughs> really break shambles. Yeah. Wait. So how? Do, wait. Where, how did they? And they never really the resolve that either, which I think is important to note. Like, <laughs> everyone still hates him at the end of the movie. They they kind of destroy his life, but they never really get well, back and say uh, they say okay, sorry. 
Again, I was in, I was intoxicated when I watched this movie, and my notes aren't clear about this. How did they get him in the media again? They, I know it got okay, me. it's important to note. They go on <laughs> Dana Loeb's talk show, spokeswoman for the NRA. <laughs> they go on her talk show, and they don't even they don't even shit on him that much. They're just like, hey, he's trying to take our church. He can't. We've been there for a while. And, and that's what just fills, which I think is more of a commentary on the Christian community as a whole than it is on anything else in the film. Because they don't <laughs> say, like, he's a bad person, he's horrible. They just go, he's trying to remove our church or trying to take our church from us. And then it cuts to a scene of him in his beautiful, beautiful, gigantic home on his laptop. And he's just getting just death threats, hate mail, just all these hateful, oh, hateful yeah. messages, which can only be coming from Christians theoretically right so it's just just some 13 year old named dalton who's like my youth pastor told me about this case in little rock i'm gonna email tom and tell him i'm gonna fucking kill him well but okay but so the movie doesn't see it's not portraying that as a good thing i don't know it's not it's not which is no, which it's... is kind of it really fascinating i think because for the first moment you're kind of witnessing the fact that non-christian or the, sorry the fact that evangelical christians have political power um Mm. in this country like is acknowledging that which is kind of weird because i feel like the first two movies are devoted to like you know the masses aren't on your side you're a persecuted minority you'll die alone and then yeah Yeah, but still it's like fucking doxing like right but i don't know they they also don't really condemn it because you know technically it works and then the only reason that they you know kind of go back on it as well we felt really bad that this happened that thing that that's we true. did, we felt kind of bad about it. So then we, you know, you know, I lifted think it's off only the because Tom and David were friends. If it had been happening to a stranger, Tom or David would have been like, "Yeah, no, let's kill that guy." And you I deserve this. That's they that's killed my true. friend. Th- this is the man that that fought a college student. Well, don't for no spoil reason. things. <laughs> we'll get there. I don't know. <laughs> it was less of a fight and more of a direct assault. <laughs> True. <laughs> Pretty one-sided. Yeah, if, if we haven't like, mentioned mm-hmm. thus far, uh, we will be talking about the end of the movie. So if you haven't seen God's Not Dead 3 yet, and you really want to know what, what happens. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> right. First off, that. But second off, there will be spoilers. Also, there have already been spoilers. What are you doing? Someone so, um, just now realized that we were talking about God's Not Dead 3 and are upset. I'm sorry. What sure, was this about? So, uh, David and Pierce cut down a tree. I think, okay, legitimately, I do think that scene's pretty good. It is. Like, really? like I remember leaving the theater when I saw this in theaters and going, the, one of the best things about that movie is there is legitimate chemistry between David and Pierce. Like, they actually seem like estranged brothers who are rebuilding the relationship. It, it, was, true. it was so, yeah. so strange. Well, and I will say, like, it... Christian movies and Christian culture in general historically do a very bad job of portraying like good, healthy male bonding. Mm-hmm. True, and and I think this this was a good example of it. You know, two brothers yeah. hashing shit out, cutting down a tree. Down a tree. Pierce has got a beer. David's got his iced tea. Because <laughs> he's just two brothers. It's two brothers. One of them right. a dirty, dirty sinner. One a saved pastor, and yet. Sometimes you you might just be convinced that they're both equally human. 
so uh, yeah, Michael Tate's on the news. You were right, and he's telling uh Michael Tate and the he, creepy, creepy looking bass player from the Newsboys, whose name I can't remember. But every time I see he him, is really I'm uncomfortable looking. because he's the epitome. <laughs> Of a forty-year-old guy trying to look like like a twenty-year-old punk rocker. Oh, he's, like he's definitely got the dating like a twenty-year-old, right? I, yeah. I he's got he look he looks like you know Australian, like he is. I'm surprised uh, which he means made he looks the Me like Too a movement, pervert. Honestly. <laughs> oh, so then Keaton and uh, Keaton and Adam are talking at this like party, and Adam drops. Again, one of the, the lines <laughs> of this movie that I, I think is maybe calling bullshit on the whole franchise. Yeah. I don't I I really do. I think it's a it, it's an interesting acknowledgement that evangelicals suck. Um where basically Adam's like, Do you know why I like hate Christianity? Um and it's he's like, Because I was raised evangelical and my dad used to beat my mom, and then my mom divorced him, and then the church kicked her out of the church for divorcing my dad. And that's I don't know like that's that's a heavy like acknowledgement yeah. of shit that like I know people that have had that kind of stuff happen. Same like it happens and <laughs> like, they're going like this is a thing that happens and it's it's horrible and it drives people away. Yeah. It's a weird, just a little like blip in the movie where they're like Kyle and I think it it points to something different from the other two movies which I was gonna save this till the end but I think this is a good point to throw it in where they humanize the non-christian characters like they're actual people who mm-hmm. which to be clear they're not yeah okay yeah jared is correct but in the film yeah. they are actual people <laughs> who they live their lives they're reasonable thoughtful individuals a couple of them and they net they're not converted they don't become mm. christians but they're, they're people and they exist yeah that yeah, was the I big mean, not not to get too far ahead. That was the biggest surprise to me in I this know. movie that Pierce did not have a Convert, conversion yeah. scene and that he just kind of left at some point and that was I, it. Yeah, I mean, I he, thought well, what was one of the most fascinating things for me character-wise was Keaton, where it it consistently just is like, you know, God not answering her prayers and feeling this sense of like doubt and stuff, and the movie is like fine with that. Well, there's even a scene with uh, Shane where he says, that's good. You should question mm-hmm. that. Which yeah. now would not have happened in the other two films. In the first two movies, now The movie, is... okay, we should clarify. Right now we're talking about a lot of good things about the movie. Movie overall is still horrible. Um, but there are a couple well, uh... things that are decent. <laughs> no, I'm going to double down on this is a good movie. This is a great movie. Uh, <laughs> I, I may be misremembering, but is there any conversion in the movie in this movie yeah does anybody convert uh i would say the only the closest thing to a conversion is uh a spoiler spoiler spoilers um one of the keaton's friends who does the live streams all the time yeah uh yeah at the very end he's like uh uh, tio tio yeah yeah, tio at the end he's like oh uh oh what does he say he's like oh you know you guys hate on this pastor but he seems pretty legit but i wouldn't call that a conversion as much as he's just uh he thinks right. evangelicals might be okay sometimes. Because yeah. Kyle... They can Kyle. be hip and cool too, bro. That's yeah, pretty poggers, you know? Ah, <laughs> oh, Jared. <laughs> you guys oh, just don't... You, you you guys are just not hip with the youth. Like yeah, I'm not am. in uh, on today's culture, okay? Oh, so As then the we kids get to a say. point... So there's this shot... Sorry, like, so meanwhile, Tom is getting is getting doxxed and just, like, his life is a nightmare. He's getting... <laughs> 
harassed. Somebody throws a brick through his window. As he deserves. In beautiful poetic justice. Though not very poetic because he had nothing to do with that. That's not how I took it, man. Like, I I feel like the movie is trying to kind of both sides the issue. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, Actually, I'm giving too charitable there are bricks a being thrown on both sides. <laughs> yeah, which I'm not saying that's a good good thing to say, but that's a that that is a uh, pretty a significantly better thesis. Yeah, I do think the that yeah movies. they are they they do represent as what's what's happening on behalf of David towards um, Thomas as a bad thing. They're like you sh- they should people should not be harassing Tom in this way. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah, it's a it's a breakaway from what they've had before, where it's just completely anti-establishment. Anyone who comes against Christians should be stopped for persecuting us. We're like, okay, Tom's just a, and I think they try to reinforce that Tom's just a guy who's trying to do his job. Yeah, very caught up. So, in, so just like the Nazis, in, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> if you compare Those, it to yeah, like the yeah. the guys in God's Not Dead too. It's, it's very apparent because Tom is in essentially the exact same role as the principal of the school in God's Not Dead 2. And the, yeah, they were all just caricatures there. Mm. I don't know. So disheveled Tom. That, but. No, no, it's, it's a good point. Disheveled Tom shows up at David's place and just starts like, they just start beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> and Tom says like... You you've been giving me death threats and and whatever and he drives off and David screams you brought the fight to us, which again I think if you you could read that as David being right or you could read that as like holy shit look who David's becoming, mm-hmm. which I think the movie's trying to do the latter, but I, I don't know. I, I think so as well. Like David's clearly in the wrong, and yeah. everybody says it. But here's the thing: everybody that's saying that, filthy atheists. Uh, that's true. Because, seriously, like, none of the Christians in the movie are calling him out. It's that's just true. the atheists, which makes me wonder about the message. If those are the good guys, which, mm. you know, they're, they're pretty explicit about, mm-hmm. and yet they're not the ones that are calling them out. What if everything that we're seeing as good in the movie is actually them just saying, this is bad, and these people are unrepentant and will go to hell? But here's the bad things that they're doing while Dave succeeds in spite of them. Yeah, there's kind of a Rorschach, I think, thing going on here. It could be, because I was uh, reading I was reading the Vox review of God's Not Dead 3. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. By Alyssa Wilkinson. And she points that out. She says, yeah, all of the condemnations of David behavior come from these explicitly liberal, atheistic characters. Because we should point out when... Um, mm-hmm. Tom attacks David in his front lawn. He's there with Megan, the romantic interest. And she's just like, oh my goodness. That horrible man tried to hurt you. What's going on (laughs) with that awful, disgusting... Or I think think she even says... Because the character Tom, the chancellor of the university, is also a Christian. I think she says, and he's supposed to be a Christian. Just painting him as this clear adversarial character. Where Tom is in the right... Or not, excuse me, where David is in the right... Tom came to his home and, I mean, he did, he did assault the guy, but, you know, these things happen. It's an understandable assault. Yeah, I mean, who hasn't attacked someone after trying to destroy their church? That's, you know, it all, it always happens. Who among us? Who among us? Uh, let's see. Oh, there's this weird scene where Pierce is like, ah, oh, Josh, why'd you give up on law school? That was stupid. And then Josh like, goes on this rant where he ends up referring to Jesus as the ultimate social justice warrior. I wanted to scream. Which was... The weirdest <laughs> line in this movie, maybe. 
It made me <laughs> physically ill. Actually, like, Jesus is a liberal. Yeah, better liberal than too. you are, Pierce. It's the absolute yeah. worst thing. And also, the logic in that scene is ridiculous because what um, Shane essentially says is, I was in law school and I realized that I could do more... I could do more good for the world by coming back here to this small college in the middle of nowhere, Arkansas, and leading worship at their college ministry. He thinks that that is a better way to affect change than going into social justice law, which is one of the, I think, might be the stupidest thing out of all of the movies. I have That's been the so worship leader for uh, on-campus <laughs> ministry, and I can tell you, you change no one's life. No one cares about you. <laughs> <laughs> can attest I would rather sue not all care. those people for social rights violations uh, Pierce pressures uh, David to ask Megan out that's like again Which, the most yet another boring romance in the world um, nothing they go to a <laughs> are you gonna say to- <laughs> she is such that's the other thing she has there is nothing to her character okay, whatsoever. she's a woman Jared oh sorry right there's a man, and she wants to marry him. Are you saying that women what, have what other personality traits? I'm, that was a mistake on my part. I'm sorry. When I meet a woman I, and I, I, I don't immediately think that. that she wants to marry me, I discount her as a person. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There, there is no other utility. That's what the Bible says. From your favorite book, Leviticus. It's there. It's in there. So they're, they're at uh, the black church. Um, and the ser- the pastor is giving this uh, sermon about if you lack love, uh, you're you're just talking noise. Without you love, you are nothing. Like pretty typical. But it's it. I would okay. You know what? I'm gonna push back on the Vox thing. I think that's that's uh, a subtle way that the movie is criticizing. True. And actually, we'll get to the yeah. We'll get to yeah. Let's yeah. let's finish the past. The pastor does call him out directly later. Yeah, he does. Um, and that's good. Then, that's good. That's a good scene. That's actually the best scene in the movie, I would say. But um, I'll say, guys, we've we've talked about a lot of best scenes in the movie thus thus far. Are, are you ready to admit that it's just a good movie? Yeah. Fuck yeah, it's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So David is is tipped off. About who started the fire. He get a t- gets, like, an anonymous text, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. And so uh, David shows up at Adam's school and starts beating the shit out of him. Like you do. Just, just like starts attacking do. a teenager. We've all been there. And to be and fair, he could be 20. He's a senior, so yeah, he's probably 21. Oh, yeah. He might be 21. He might in, even be 22. In, in, this, in this day and age, people have phones. So, unfortunately... Uh, people film the pastor beating the shit out of the college kid. Um, mm, not a good look. Not a good look. But then Adam still gets arrested <laughs> because he confesses um, to what right. happens. It's on the news. His friends are crying. It's so sad. They're like our friend murdered someone. Felon. He's going to suffer consequences for his actions. And then he's Keaton, gonna go to prison. Keaton tells David that David needs to take his own advice. Uh, about like grace and shit, which no. is uh, I don't know, pretty good. Um, <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. So then, oh, oh shit! Because of that video, uh oh, uh, the bad, big bad liberals are now given a reason to condemn what uh, what's going on with the church. So mm-hmm. Tom gives this public speech where he's like, "We condemn the actions of burning down the church, and we tend to prosecute him to the full extent of the law." But that does not excuse David Hill, and it demonstrates the church attracts violence. 
which again proves to be is true. kind of reasonable. Um, <laughs> Not a bad point from Tom Ellsworth there. <laughs> it's like the pastor has kind of incited death threats against me, and then he attacked a boy, so. And Maybe clear, not like also, a five out of five rating for him. They also got in a fist fight. There's been a lot of violence, and David's been at the center of all of it. Has any of this violence not involved David? No, he's been there for no. all of it. I th- my fucked up thought that I'm probably going to edit out is <laughs> that they stuck these fights in here to replace the fact that normally there has to be a scene of a uh, a, a parent beating their child, but since they didn't put <laughs> oh, that God. into this movie, they had to put these fights in. <laughs> There's just both some of sort those of movies. There's it's a Christian film. There's got to be violence. They're like, we got the yeah. stunt coordinator here. We're not <laughs> we're not having a parent abuse their child. David, you <laughs> want to take a punch? All these stunt stunt. <laughs> <laughs> and we already blew the budget on stunt kids. I do think we should point out that uh, David does win all the fights that he's in. Um, which mm, that's true. It is that's important because, only because he's got David the power of God fights. and anime on his side. Oh fuck you, Jared. <laughs> Straight poggers. So then there's, oh, I don't know, I don't really want to get into this conversation because it's boring, but uh, Keaton says to Josh at one point, he's like, Sister's trying to remind into it. Yeah, oh, whatever. He's like, she, she's like, you know, oh, you've kind of, you kind of lost your way, Josh, about what's going on now. I don't know how I feel about all this stuff. And I remember a friend sent me this in high school, and it was Josh sending God's Not Dead as a text, oh, which is it. a reference to the first movie, and I thought that was... Obviously, that was when, like, Seth in the movie theater stood up and started clapping and, like, <laughs> that screaming. Is Harper. Just tears <laughs> saving in souls. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, yeah. Adam's going to prison. I mean, he did kill a person. Involuntary yeah. or not, it is manslaughter. Uh, let's see. He did, in oh. fact, slaughter a man. <laughs> Good news, guys. We're on the last page of notes. Okay, yeah, but there are God. still... There are at least two important scenes that we haven't covered that I think are very important, so... Yes, last page of notes, everybody. Uh, Okay, so David's talking to the Black Pastor, and we're entering the best scene in the movie. Hell yeah. Um, And David's like, I think it's time for Christians to stand up for themselves. And the Black Pastor's like, yeah, that's pride, dude. Uh, And David's like, man, you wouldn't understand. And then Black Pastor goes, I'm black. (laughs) <laughs> like, are, you, are, you, are you kidding me are you t- um the line is is better than that that was just a funnier way to put that what he says is uh i'm a black pastor in the deep south i could build you a new church with all the bricks that have been thrown through my window which is a damn good line <laughs> yeah like because it's basically just two minutes of David bitching to this guy, him going, okay, yeah, yeah, and then he and then he says, you wouldn't understand, and they, there's, that's, it's legitimately good acting because um, the person who plays Reverend Dial, like his face just changes, and he's like, what did you just say? I do understand, you moron, and then, so I think it is a good scene because they do acknowledge that, but not really because then. All that set of it is David goes, you're right, I'm sorry. And then kind of fade to black. Like, It's a good scene because they acknowledge it, but not really because it's a God's dead, not dead movie. Yeah, like he doesn't yeah. go, you're right, 
I'm I'm sorry. That was insensitive. He just goes, you're right. I'm sorry. He doesn't like ask for his perspective it, or anything else. It doesn't. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't necessarily right. change David. I mean, I guess David now takes starts taking an approach based around grace. Yeah, well, I think, I think there, is like what happens. It's that's important the character to note though. David doesn't really change at all during the movie. Like. Uh, I, I would that. say no. He gets very passionate and undergoes some, in some ways, understandable extreme emotions from, you know, his friend dying in front of him in his arms. Honestly, but very good point. At the end of the movie, it's not like he's this drastically better person than he was because the, the whole way it's framed throughout is he's clearly having some sort of, you know, mental breakdown because of all the events that happen. And this is like the last the last thing that he can hang on to that that his friend was a part of and he's like not ready to lose that and so he's lashing out at everyone but it's not his fault because things are happening and at the end of the movie he's still essentially the same person he just got back to where he was that's you know i guess that's true jared that is way too in-depth analysis of this film it does not you put more (laughs) thought into this movie than anyone who was involved in making it (laughs) David and Pierce have a fight. That's because Pierce says he's gonna fly back. That another good another good scene. Best scene I, in I'm the movie. This I don't this, know about best scene. This, they're all the best scene. Let's let's be honest. You can't really <laughs> you can't you can't pick a favorite. But this is great because like a, Pierce Pierce puts his foot down. He's like yeah. Pierce puts his foot down because David says David says like well Pierce is gonna go back home and David's mad and David. David tells him at some point in the fight, he's like, I forgave you, Pierce. And Pierce is like, you forgave me? You you yeah. fucking you idiot. You absolutely. <laughs> it's, a, it's good. <laughs> he's, he's like, I was, I was like attacked for doubting in the church and shit. You know, yeah, it's good. I don't know. So maybe, maybe I'm just identifying too personally with Pierce here, but I think... That is a legit, yeah, I do too. A legitimately like the acting, and it honestly isn't great. Pierce's uh, John Corbett, who plays Pierce, doesn't do like a great job of actually conveying the emotions. But but to be fair, Pierce's character might be largely devoid of those emotions, anyways. So it could be a very yeah, good job. It, True, Pierce is kind of a calloused character. That is why he won the Oscar, after all. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Best supporting this is canon actor. Now. This is canon now. It's it's specifically that Pierce won best, best leading actor. And... <laughs> Which he deserved just dead for dead that scene. I buy it. Yes, for that scene. Oh, alone. God. Uh, so David's praying in the burnt church. He's like, what did I do wrong? And he's praying. And, well. then, <laughs> and then he kind of has his turn around, his come to Jesus moment, literally. Oh, nice. Um, we should know in that scene. Oh, I... I looked away for a moment when he was praying next to the altar, and I looked back, and it's just David A.R. White, who plays David, standing among a field of stars, just like floating through space, transcending time and emotion. Okay, have either of you seen First Reformed? No. No. They, I think they watched First Reformed, because there's at least two things from this movie that like feel kind of like they're from First Reformed. That's one of them, because there's a weird scene where they kind of like um, have this spiritual moment and they like float through the through the stars and shit. And then there's another scene like it opens. The movie opens with uh, the pastor being like, "God's not answering my prayers anymore," uh, which is like almost word for word what Keaton says at one point. 
it, it all felt like there was weird references to that movie, but I think I might just see that movie everywhere. So sounds like the next episode of the podcast to me. Here we go. Oh, we actually, are a Christian movie review actually, podcast. Actually, if you want to hear me talk about First Reformed on a podcast, oh, <laughs> which oh boy, do I! <laughs> I! I was on an episode of Odd Splice to talk about that movie one time. So, which is a movie anyway, review podcast. Which is a movie review podcast. Done by our friend Josh. He's good. He's been on two episodes. Listen to Odd's Place. One and a half. Well, fair. Can't give him that full Uh, cred. Not for a bonus episode. So, Keaton goes to David. Josiah sighs heavily. (laughs) Keaton goes to David. A single tear escapes. Keaton goes to David and he's like, oh, fuck you for how you're treating uh, Adam right now. The guy who burnt your church down and killed your best friend. Uh, (laughs) Also, we should point out, it's only been a couple of weeks since this happened. That's the other thing. It's been two weeks tops. He he does not run very much. He should be in therapy, but he's not. He's just talking to his brother, hanging out with Megan, going to lakes and suing people. Not dealing well, they with cut down a tree. That's the same thing. So, so Keaton goes like, "Did you ever ask why he threw that brick?" And then I have written in the notes again. I was intoxicated. I don't know if she says this or if I was making a deduction from that line, but I wrote like youth leaving the church question mark. I don't know if she actually makes some comment around those she, lines. She or does. Kind of what she says okay, okay. is, um, "Why do you think so many young people are leaving the church?" Oh, it's good. because okay, we know that? so well what the church is against, but we have no idea what it's for. Oh, shit. And so then David, after his answer to prayer kind of moment he has, is like, you know what? You're right. And so David talks to Adam, and Adam admits that Adam sent that anonymous tip, which was a naughty shocker to anybody watching the movie. I don't think that didn't feel like much of a twist. I guess nope. audibly. Um, and oh man, I do think this is still a brutal thing because Adam sent the, the tip assuming that David would forgive him since he was, you know, a Christian. Which is dumb. Which, yeah, <laughs> foolish. Have Which I forgiven so anyone in my whole life? No. Because again, this is a felony. Like, uh, first, it's, yeah, it's not just David who has to forgive him. Right. It would be the really no felonies are prosecuted by the government. David doesn't have the power technically to forgive this. Murdering right. someone is that, viewed as a like crime a against Christian, the state. Yeah, a good Christian would turn this into the state, right? Like, you killed a guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's murder. So then J- David gives Adam Jude's Bible, which is such a heavy, <laughs> fucked up thing to do, I think. How, how would you handle owning the Bible of the guy you killed? I actually kind of just leave it on the back of my shelf. Don't really look at it much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you claim that more as a trophy. Uh, so then, so just think so that's David, like the only thing he'll be able to bring to his cell. That's true. Da- well, but then see, this is where that changed. Da- David tells Tom that they're asking for just a misdemeanor for Adam. I'm pretty uh, sure David, they don't get to make that decision. They can't <laughs> no. Just to be they explicitly 100%. clear, they can choose what, David, to press charges or not. But he still killed a man. They're going to go and say, hey, can he just have a misdemeanor? And the judge is going to go, you know he killed a person, right? Right. The answer, <laughs> nice thought, but the answer is no. He's going to prison. It doesn't he matter if you're it. mad about it or not. 
Right. The, this man you, is you a menace really to society. You guys are really missing out on this this beautiful forgiveness story. You guys are getting caught up in the law. <laughs> You cut out on me there, so yeah, I have you, no you idea what you said. You cut out for a second, so I don't know what you said either. Oh, that was funny that it was such an awkward sign. I said, you guys are really missing out on this beautiful forgiveness story. And then you guys just stared, like, just <laughs> silent after I said that. I don't understand <laughs> forgiveness. What are you saying? This what now? fucking asshole. <laughs> I would never forgive anything. Josiah, if someone murdered Jared, like, they killed him. I'd forgive him. In an explosion. Dude, what the hell? He died in your hands. <laughs> and then they and then I they mean, text they texted you and said, "Yeah, that was me." Would you by go? The way. Well, whatever. I mean, yeah. Okay, That's that is good to know <laughs> because I'm going to murder Jared. <laughs> Seth, you've been threatening this for like five years. I I love this. I love this image of me being like. You know, Jared would have wanted me to forgive you, and Jared's in heaven like, I would no. not, actually. <laughs> to be explicitly clear, I'll just say it now to clear the, clear the air, remove any confusion. Do not forgive. Do not forget exact vengeance. Josiah, go ahead and cut that out of the podcast. We don't need that kid into the public. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't want yeah, people all I'm riled I'm up. I'm already preparing to, you know, forgive Seth for the thing he's about to commit. But anyway. I know where you live, Seth Jared. has been threatening violence on me as long as I've known him, so. Last I'm not David, for the day. So what? David apologizes for everything and to Tom. Oh, that makes it better. And then there's the protests outside of the church, which uh, there's both parties there, the anti and the pro-church crowd are there. And David asks to speak, and they're chanting over David, and then Tom steps up and calms the crowd. Oh, look, this is this beautiful moment of two people united, right? Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. And then uh, David asks... David asks the crowd for forgiveness. Oh, shit. And he said, God, you know, answered my prayers last night. And he says, this church, this building is not my church. So I'm withdrawing my lawsuit and it's going to be a student sender. And, the whole, and so David oh, yeah. says, the whole crowd is I'm like, building- yeah, 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 we forgive you. Except for Jared, who's in the back going, never forgive, <laughs> never forget <laughs> exact <laughs> vengeance. <laughs> David says, I'm building a new church, so put the signs down and let's stop shouting at each other and start listening and stand together. And then they all light handles, candles together and then say, peace, hope, unity, and love. Which is, again, that's this is my case for this movie is trying to say a both sides thing. All this I is a heard very, was, uh, screw this. I'm going to build my own church with blackjack and hookers. You know what? <laughs> screw the church. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Uh, let's see, we're almost to the end here. Keaton, um... But how? Oh, <laughs> yeah. This is weird. Usually, that when we talk about a movie, it needs to go for four hours. Right, and, and we've only gone nearly two. <laughs> <laughs> Most of this is going to be edited out. We actually, we're actually pretty damn good at time right now. Like, if we finish within the next hour, we will have a normal episode. If we finish in a half hour, we'll be, um... At like what a good episode like this is supposed to be. Oh, right, like a normal right. podcast Only about that people might hours. actually yeah, that, listen to. Yeah, yeah. Unlikely, unlikely. So then, uh, let's see. I still haven't so, listened to the last episode. 
It was too long. Yeah, Jared didn't even want to It is a beast. It was too long. I I thought it was a good time. Anyway. No, it wasn't bad. Too long. It was just just an endeavor. Anyway, so so we're at the end here real quick. There's just kind of flashing of, like, big moments here. Keaton does her sometimes all it takes is a spark monologue again, like the beginning of the movie. And the news is talking about how this pastor is now a symbol of forgiveness. And we got that scene with, uh, what was his name, doing the live stream where he's like, oh, this dude's legit. Um, there's that. Um, and Pierce calls David and says he's proud of him. And Adam gets out of jail and kisses Keaton. Uh, and then they create a new church called St. Jude. Uh, you know, as we know, the uh, patron saint of lost causes. Uh, they say God is good. I'll, yeah, I'm just throwing that in there. That is true. Uh, they do, yeah. It's important. <laughs> Is, why, well, they don't actually say that, but that is true. I don't know why they. Like you, <laughs> it's a weird, weird choice of saint. Is all I'm saying. That was a weird choice well, of saint. I think it's because of the dead guy named Jude. <laughs> right. They they why, made they him a saint. The, but the, why did the movie care name the guy Jude? I'm just saying. Are you are you trying to imply that they planned this two full movies ago? Because I doubt no, it. But I, I don't know. It was just, it's a weird optics thing. I understand none of them are Catholics, so none of them are probably aware of the meaning of St. Jude. Catholicism is evil. It's a weird It's a step away from Satanism. (laughs) Josiah, how about you just stop talking about those Catholics, okay? My my roommate was raised Catholic. Is it not weird to name a church St. Jude in a movie specifically? That's the name of the hospital. Oh, dear God, Jared. That's the name you of the guess, hospital. I know. Is it? Oh, yes, my God. I've been saying. That's what I've been saying. Naming the hospital St. Jude is also fucked up because oh, St. Jude is the patron saint of lost causes. That is some messed up humor there. But but isn't oh, it more of movies, a, you know, to help the lost causes? The, yes, it is to help the lost causes. The movie is specifically about oh my like, goodness. the church kind of fails at its goal to have this lawsuit, and then they have to rebuild this church as a symbol of hope um, after like everything fails. Essentially, isn't that weird to call it Saint Jude? Just as a Catholic, a former Catholic? No, okay. Yeah, fuck you, Josiah. It's, why is this it, is just reinforcing my belief that Josiah is thinking Not through this church, so much like, more than anyone else. Yes, oh, I know yeah. I'm thinking about this more than we should. No, okay. No, I think they're saying that the church is a lost cause. I think the director is doing something there. You, oh, you do think the director is doing something intentionally there. Yeah. See? Thanks, guys. That's what I was trying to say. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, the director might be, like, really, he might hate church. I, I don't know if the, I don't know. That if is certainly untrue. <laughs> well, we've 100% established the director is playing some game of 5D chess here with the plot of this movie, so. Oh, and then Keaton can hear God again, which was a coward's move on the part of the director. Just <laughs> like every other move. Uh, and then Ke- uh, Keaton texts God's not dead to someone and then ba-ba, the movie ends. Unfortunately, wait, does it play the song? At the- it doesn't play the song. No, it does. It plays the worst version of it ever. Where, like it has like your traditional black choir singing along with God's not dead. And like this oh, just no. crappy beat. Like it's, it is horrible. It's worth listening to because of how bad it is. Oh, we did it guys. Well, we uh, did it. Let's all go around the room and give our final thoughts on this movie. Jared, you start. I stepped into God's Not Dead 3, A Light in the Darkness, 
a filthy <laughs> sinner. Just true scum of the earth. I was drinking alcohol in my spare time uh, with meals. Sometimes I would have a bottle of beer. I was speaking with women who were not my, my wife. I, I was living the life of a sinner. And I watched this movie. I watched this movie, guys, and it changed me. It changed everything about me. And I found that there are people out there like Pierce, like I once was, who are truly evil, bad people. And that I could be better, that I could be a David Hill and not a Pierce Hill. And that maybe the Pierce Hill was not the hill that I would die on. And instead, I could become a David Hill. And it gave me hope. And it really, really taught me. And I think my main takeaway is God's not dead. God is not only not dead, but he is alive. And he is, and he wants to be a part of our lives. And he wants us, he wants us to accept him and let him in and share the word and tell our friends and spread the good news that God is not dead. He is surely, truly alive. On to you, Seth. Well, I really should have had Jerry go last. That's just such a beautiful encapsulation of not only the God's Not Dead trilogy, but the Christian Thank faith you. as a whole. Catch on. Um, I would like you to come replace my father as pastor at his church and give that, give that speech just every Sunday. I, I would also to- like to point out that just now I received a text from Jerry Giroux that says, God's not dead. Um, and that is by far the worst thing that has happened in my day. <laughs> but I think overall, God's Not Dead 3 is the perfect ending to the God's Not Dead trilogy. It is bad, but it takes mm-hmm. some of the things from the other movie and says, if you want to be like Josiah... And watch this movie in a very, very, very kind light. You could maybe have some redeeming qualities to it. (laughs) I would also like to take this opportunity to point out one very important fact that I didn't bring up in the podcast before, which is that David A.R. White, who plays Pastor David Hill in this film and is in charge of Pureflix, the company that made this movie, has a biopic that he made and produced about himself called... Pure Flicks and Chill, the David A.R. White story. What? <laughs> Fucking what? That's all I would like to say about that. I just think it's really important that that information is distributed to I, the world. Seth, I'm so glad that you brought up um, the next episode that you're going to be on in this podcast. I'm going to watch that movie next tomorrow. Week. Where we all pure flicks and chill. I have, Honestly, what is it, pure flicks and chill? Are, are we getting? Are we gonna That's get deep <laughs> enough in this shit that we have to buy a V legal V cool uh, uh, account to pure flicks? Or... <laughs> <laughs> I'll say Just, I have spent we... as much as eight dollars thus far renting God's Not Dead. Yes, movies. I have too. So, so have I. We, I have only collectively we put in twice. about twenty four dollars into the God's Not. We could likely have purchased a Pure Flix subscription and shared it around and uh, spent less money. That's what I'm money. thinking. Um, yeah, I think we could do that. Yeah, but here's the thing. I prefer my, my money to go to a good company like Amazon. instead. Well, right. that's why we're making, we're making one account. Yeah. Right. When we went to see God's Not Dead 3 in theaters, there were people from my friend group who said, No, Seth, 
I won't come with you because I don't want to give money to Pure Flix. And I said, I mean, I get that, but I feel like you're supporting plenty of worse businesses. Right. That's also true. You've Which is basically the way that I live my life is just, you know what? If anyone says, Seth, what you're doing is wrong, I go, but I could be doing something worse. So and what I'm doing is therefore I good. I am doing something worse. <laughs> That's the important part. Well, well my take on this movie <laughs> um, is that it's good. Good take, good take. <laughs> I would go as far as to say that God's Not Dead 3, A Light in the Darkness, is poggers. I, okay, uh, my, my, my better take will be that it is a good movie if you are to take it on the terms of, like, evangelical, in, w- take it within the context of extreme evangelicalism. True. It's actually mm-hmm. a pretty, pretty nice movie. To exist yeah. within that world. If you put it in the context of other movies, it's a shitty movie. Right. But well, if you would put it in the context of where it's coming from, it's actually like a pretty nice movie. That's something like I, I, was, I was discussing with someone before was like all these little things where we say they kind of discuss like the plight of black Christians or something like that. Where like and we say, but they immediately discount it or they have this little bit where Pierce is presented as a reasonable character and. He gets in a fight where he's like, you hurt me as well. To us, those are like, well, that's obviously just stupid. It's not doing anything. But put in the context of someone deep, deep in Christianity who maybe hasn't thought about these things. Oh, this that's rattling. Yeah, that's like maybe <laughs> yeah. the only exposure to that viewpoint they will ever have. Yeah. Atheists have feelings too. Wow. Is an interesting viewpoint that, that you maybe you might be Which is I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a viewpoint that's clearly wrong, but it's an Obviously. interesting one to explore. <laughs> well, you know, much like women. Right. The way you're looking at me uh, like I don't already know. This is how it happens, this is just the way it goes. Here if you want, I can, I can make fun of, make fun of Chandler Bean's character, but it's also a lot of the fair use. Oh, he has one song um, that's called Like I Did, um, where the chorus basically goes, um, tell me, is he everything you wanted? Tell me, I see love you like I did. That's repeated a lot, but most importantly, the first verse basically uh, discusses how she's now in an abusive relationship. Um, it says, I can see him on every inch of your skin, you can pretend it's right. And then he launches into this chorus where he's like, oh, does he love you like I did? Basically like, oh, you should come back to me because you're in an abusive relationship. Which I think is a bad song. That's a little bit messed up. It has six million listens on Spotify. It does. Which is Shane what? Harper, the uh, the actor of, of Josh from God's Not Dead 1. Everyone three, knows that. Huh. Wrote this song. Wow. Well, that's disappointing. Well, I'm going to say that I'll probably have played that song during that transition and we just faded back in right now while you were describing the song that was playing, I think, because I think that would be funny. Which is why, which is what drives most decisions on this show. <laughs> I would say so. I would hope that we're try- that you're trying to at least make a somewhat amusing podcast. Yeah. Yeah, what I'm actually Against all hoping- odds. Uh, well, guess I guess th- we're going on to uh, we-, we finished the content section and we're moving on to the Patreon section. So, Seth, would you like to give us a Patreon ad? Uh, yes, I would like to say that as one of your longest Patreon subscribers, <laughs> that's I also would true. Like, <laughs> I would like some additional support there. 
I feel like I'm currently filling most of your financial needs. I don't like funding <laughs> you, you all this on my are. own. <laughs> uh, my $3 a month is not enough to make this podcast the best that it can be. If I could get some additional support there, we could move from simple postcards for love dares to more generous gifts that really do show Jared how much Josiah cares. But that's not happening because all of you are being too tight with your budgets. I know that a lot of people are in financial turmoil right now because of circumstances in the world. What I would say is quit being a little bitch about it and give Jared and Josiah some of your money, please. Thank you. You get it. And uh, as, as you know, uh, if you subscribe at the $3 tier, we'll make fun of you on Twitter. I uh, think we haven't really been doing much, so I quickly just tweeted right now, Seth Powers sucks. Um, nice. <laughs> Any attention is good attention. That's what I always uh, say. I didn't, I didn't, I'll be clear. I didn't at, at you. I didn't tag you in it. It's, it's just... Yeah, good directly. my mom follows me. Seth Powers sucks. Those three good. words. Um, well, as as you know, uh, when on on the ten dollar tier of our Patreon, we make fun of uh, subscribers, but uh, we don't really have anybody aside from uh, Connie Lingus, as we've mentioned, who um, didn't give us a Twitter at to make fun of. So every time we just try to make them feel bad about themselves. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jerk. So feel bad about yourself. Moving from there, we have a we, we, new Apple review to read. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. This this That's hasn't happened nice. in a while. So one of you finally stepped up and you know <laughs> did your duty. Uh, Apple fan dot one two three. Thank you. By the way, um, should I read it? Yeah. What's it say, Jared? All right. Well, we got a five star review, and this is actually on Saturday, so a little less than a week ago. Uh, Five-star review that says 90% contagious laughter. I'm here for it. 100 emoji. That's good. And let me tell you, laughter is not the only thing that's contagious on this show. (laughs) Oh, boy, Uh, I caught that laugh. We both have COVID. (laughs) All the STDs we have. Um, That brings us to my next favorite segment, Twitter News. Usually right now I'm screaming at Jared while he plays the music over me. But this time I'm being positive at Bruce as for the love dare. Um, I love how long this song is. <laughs> it is. It's just a good song, honestly. And I really enjoy that about and I also really enjoy that Josiah can't say mean things today. Oh, yeah. Jared, thank you so much for having a soundboard. Um, <laughs> Wait, just because Josiah can't be mean doesn't mean I can't be mean, right? <laughs> Yeah, you're allowed to be me. <laughs> not that I told you. I'm really, that's not really my personality, to be honest. That's true. So that's a very nice person. I'm the nicest person anyone ever met. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, um, at Right Wing Watch tweeted, uh, a tweet I just said, I'm... <laughs> okay. At... <laughs> At Right Wing Watch. Oh my god. 
I sent you guys a tweet. Hi, oh, yes. I see that tweet, I, and I do not like it. We're, oh, we're not boy. Gonna, we're not going to watch the video because uh, Jared's soundboard isn't working correctly, um, so it doesn't play the audio through. But um, I'll just read the gist. Uh, the, the caption is, Pat Robertson reports that he's been told by God that Trump will win re-election, and it will bring about the beginning of the end times. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about this tweet, aside from the fact that I did not realize that Pat Robertson was still alive. He doesn't look like he is. No, he's hardly alive. I cert- The man was alive during the Reformation, so I don't really know how that corpse of a person is still there. It could be a weekend um, at Bernie's situation. I was going to say, this certainly I, looks like, just the way he's holding himself looks kind of like a marionette sort of situation with yeah, his shoulders he, way up. What's what's interesting is that he hasn't gone bald, but his receding hairline has receded back very far. <laughs> um, yes. So, you know, it kind of looks like, even though he has a normal size head, it kind of looks like he has a very large head. It's very Which long. is hilarious. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to say about the stuff. I mean, he's probably right that the end times are near, but I don't want to think about it. I would just like to say old people in general make me uncomfortable. Um, mm, so I fair. don't like that I have to look at this video. Um, I'm going to stop looking at it. Oh, next, well, this one's next, worse. Next tweet comes from at, li- at live science. Live science? Live science? <laughs> whatever. Um I didn't read the article, but scientists apparently discovered a new organ in the throat. Um, if you followed me on Twitter, you'll know me saying this already. But when I was a kid, uh, I said I wanted to be a biologist. And I wanted to be a biologist because I wanted to discover a new organ. And everybody in my life, all the adults in my life, told me that we've discovered all the organs. So that's a stupid idea. So that instead of that, I got into history and philosophy. Anyway, I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I could have found that. You know, you would have. and the worst part is, I, I remember, because this, this has come up a few times, because they also discovered another organ a while back, and you brought one. this up again, like five years ago or something. I distinctly remember there was yeah. another article about another organ. Why are they still discovering organs, I think is an How important question that nobody's organs? talking about. I feel like this is pretty well, like, I, I, I thought, we've like, taken apart a lot of people. <laughs> I, I thought we got this all figured out, like, in the Renaissance. Exactly. I mean, like, <laughs> again, we have dissected a lot of people in the name of science. How did we miss this shit? <laughs> this has been Twitter news. Um, can I jump in uh, with one last piece of oh, Twitter news, which oh. I think is more important than all of yours? Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Simply because it's it's a good it's a pretty good uh, pun we got here. Um, Prince William has been dubbed his royal thighness after uh, looking out looking into a KFC window, and that's really all I have to say on that. Is that I'm happy that's that I'm good. not famous enough that looking into a KFC is a bit of news about me that comes with a derogatory nickname. You that's should send me the link so that I can I can put that in the show notes. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> I don't think I will. And this has been Twitter News. I do feel calm right now. Jared, one thing I love. <laughs> Thank you.
It's so great that you have a way to express yourself <laughs> on the podcast. I'm sure there Thanks, will you know be that a can point be hard where it's me. no longer funny, but we have not reached it yet. Here we are, like 15 episodes in. I thought it would get old after like episode three. It has not. It's still hilarious every time. Well, we're just here plugs and then we're done. Um, I, I'm scrambling to remember some plugs. So yeah, I got uh, Jared, nothing. Um, Jared, me, you go. I'd, uh, I would like to plug, um, hmm, the presidential debates that we missed <laughs> oh, yeah. to record yeah. this episode. Yeah. <laughs> we'll check out the highlights. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll watch the YouTube video, the highlight reel on TikTok later. Uh, I'd like to plug the Pope. That's it. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He he had some a cool encyclical recently, and then said you know civil unions for gay people are cool. So, good pope. It's a good pope. Yeah, I'd say overall probably a solid five out of seven so, guy. Solid pope. Yeah, yeah. perfect. There's been score. a lot of bad popes, so I like this. This is a good one. Uh, I would like to plug. Pick the winner. Uh, my brother Matthew Powers has recently released an album. Can't remember what it's called right now for the life of me. Um, is it a worship album? Uh no, it's not. Uh, it's actually rather anti-worship. My brother Matthew mm. Powers has released an album called All We Have, All We Ever Have. It's on Spotify and all the other ones. It's good. I would now, also... Do we have permission to use it on the podcast? Yeah, I don't think he would care. I'm his nice. agent. I'm, I'm his representing agent. So yeah, you can go ahead and throw that in there. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm so glad because that's now transition music. Yeah, um, you can also use his band Sherwood Forest, which isn't as good as his solo work. Um, but... Don't tell Clifford Close I said that. Um, I'd also like to plug Pure Flix and Chill, the David A.R. White story. Um, that's a quality mm-hmm. film that really goes into the story of David Andrew Roy Wright, um, mm. founder of I Am Flix, which later transitioned to become Pure Flix and produced the God's Not Dead trilogy. And where would we be without him? That's true. All right, so do you think that we world. can get him on the show? There are less likely things, certainly, maybe. I think it's... Maybe a little bit less likely than getting Nick Letso, but still not likely. See, oh, that mm. reminds me. Uh, I'd like to plug uh, Nick Letzko. He's good. He's so good. His his funny songs are funny, and I don't normally find uh, like uh, music humor very funny. Generally, I don't know. He's just funny. Yeah, and then his actual music is like really talented and good. So yeah, his actual music is bomb. <laughs> It's like very. I have solid. not actually listened to any of his real music. Oh, Jared, you should. It's, it's good. You know, you know his joke huh. songs. Yeah. Imagine if they weren't jokes. What the hell? No way. They're pretty good. Yeah. God damn. It is surprising. That is surprising. It's odd that in my life I find something I can enjoy. I can enjoy unironically. Um, <laughs> and Nicholas I feel that. one of those things. I would say it's a character flaw, certainly. Um, <laughs> that will likely haunt me until I die. But just a just a healthy dose do? of irony poisoning. See, I, I respect Nick, Nick Lutzko enough that I, I don't pirate his music to play as transition music because I want to have him on the show. And right. I think unlike your respect for bad. Seth's brother, uh, yeah, yeah. Not respect Matthew Powers. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never met him, so he's a good kid. He's older than me, so I shouldn't call him a kid. He's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> good guy. Well, good guy. Guys, I think we did it. I think this was we the done podcast. did it. I think this so, is the definitive look at God's Not Dead 3. This is God's Not Dead. You know what, guys? I just wanted to say something. God's mm-hmm. Not Dead. He's surely um, alive. 
And you know what? This episode was only barely longer than the movie. The movie was an hour 45, so yeah. We were only at, what, two and a half? Nearing. Nearing two. Or like 2.15. Thank you for listening to Very Regal, Very Cool, a podcast about your persecution complex. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at VregalVCoolPod or at VeryRegalVery.com. notes again i took these notes high and so i'm trying to make sense of what i what i did here i can recite the script word for word if you'd like (laughs) that would be great actually good luck oh you know what this this is a this is a music fade out moment then perfect that gives me time because i'm trying to make sense of this note i wrote that just says lion's den (laughs) isn't that the uh the porn shop well yeah but aside from that it's just I don't it's know if it's good. anything but the porn shop, sorry. What I'm actually intending to do for this uh, for this episode is when, uh, when instead of playing outro music, I'm going to play God's Not Dead as a song. So the instant I say, like, thank you for listening to Very Legal, you hear the, like, and that's what I'm planning to do. Anyway, we've entered end segments.